Welcome to First Baptist Church. You're listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead. Please check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. Hi there, this is Pastor Sherman Burkhead, and this is Grace in Truth, a devotion that is meant to encourage you and challenge you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ through a time in the Word and time in prayer. And uh, like always, we're going to get started talking about the things that we're grateful for. And believe me, I have so many things to be grateful for. Every single day I wake up for many, uh, with many reasons to be grateful, including my family, including my health, including the fact I live in a free country. But today I am particularly grateful for um, our men and women who serve our country in the United States military. I'm grateful for their sacrifice. I'm grateful for their service um, because they make our way of life possible. And uh, even in times like this, um, the country still continues on. We are still being protected because of their work. And we have a bunch of young people, men and women from our community in every branch of the military. And I am especially proud of them and grateful for all they do. And I would just ask that we as a community and everybody who's listening here, that you would just pray for um, for the ones that come from Boron, but also all our men and women in the military as well. But with that, what about you? I talk about gratitude a lot. What are you grateful for? Um, I'd love to hear from you to know what it is that, that God is doing in your heart and what you're grateful for. And you can message me here on Facebook and let me know that, or you can email me at fbcboron at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts. I would certainly like to know. Also, I am still taking questions for the Ask Pastor Sherman um, uh, segment of of this particular devotion. Um, if you wouldn't mind, again, send those uh, uh, those questions to me, uh, re- questions about, the, about faith, questions about the Bible, and questions just about uh, Christianity in general. I'd certainly love to answer them if I could. Uh, but today is April the 8th, 2020, and we are now in the middle of Passion Week and what is known as Holy Week. And today is Wednesday. Wednesday is the day that Jesus gave the Olivet Discourse where he predicts the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, which was fulfilled in AD 70. But he also gives a stern warning concerning the final judgment and those who um, will receive the kingdom and those who won't. It's worth spending some time in in all uh, three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, deal with the Olivet Discourse. But it's especially important because Wednesday of Holy Week is the day that Judas agrees to betray Christ into the hands of his enemies. And this puts in motion the climax of Christ's redemptive activity and work on the cross. This event helps us to see the truth behind God's plan of redemption that God the Father planned for and ordained for Christ to be sacrificed on our behalf for our sins. But Judas, by his own choice and his own actions and because of the hardness of his own heart, he is the agent that God has used to bring this about, which means Judas ultimately was responsible for his own actions and the blood, innocent blood of Christ was on his hands. But God in spite of that, can and does take even the worst actions of people and the worst possible circumstances, and he uses them for our good. This right here is Romans 8.28 in action. God took the worst event in human history, and he used it for all of our good. 
all of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And as you may remember, as we talked about a couple days ago, you can trust God because he is sovereign and in control. There's nothing that surprises him. There's nothing that's beyond his control. Everything is within his power. He is also trustworthy and he's also compassionate, which is important to remember that God loves you. Now, if you have a Bible, please turn with me to Romans chapter 1, uh, verses 16 and 17. And I say this all the time, but these are some of the most, some of my favorite verses in the Bible. I've got lots of favorite verses, but these are really some of my favorite. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now this text right here, it is so important because it changed history over 500 years ago. As Martin Luther, an Augustinian monk who struggled with his own sinful nature, um, he believed what the Catholic Church was teaching at the time, that salvation was by grace and also by works. He believed, as he was taught, that in order to be saved, a person had to do penance. They had to go to confession. They had to do all those things, but also participate in the, the church sacraments of baptism and the mass and, and indulgences. He believed that there were all these steps you had to do to earn salvation and, your, and, and to be right with God. But the problem was, is the more he tried, the more he was convinced that he, he, he was a sinner that could, could not be saved. He was, he was convinced of his condemnation the more he worked. In fact, he... He said that he was a monk's monk. He said if anybody could save themselves by monkery, it would be him. He even went to Rome on a pilgrimage and he ascended on what's called the, the Holy Stairs or the Scala Sancta on his knees. And the promise was if you were do that and, and kiss every step and pray that you would then get an indulgence that would guarantee your salvation. And he gets to the top of the stairs and he was more convinced of his condemnation than ever before. But it was... At his time when he was reading the book of Romans, as he was preparing to teach on the book of Romans theology at the, at the, uh, the church in Wittenberg, he encountered this text in Romans 1, 16 and 17, and God opened his eyes to the truth of the gospel, the truth that righteousness comes by faith, that the righteous will live by faith. And it is from this particular era that the gospel then was reclaimed for us, which is expressed in the simple statements, uh, the, the five statements called the five solas. It begins with sola gratia, which is you are saved by grace alone, through sola fide, which is faith alone, in solus Christus, or in Christ alone, for soli Deo Gloria, or the glory of God alone. And all of this is revealed in sola scriptura, scripture alone. You are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, as revealed in scripture alone. That is the gospel. And as Paul says, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. And this is important for us because salvation comes from the gospel. For people to be saved, they, the gospel must be proclaimed to them. You see, I'm not the power of God for salvation. You are not the power of God for salvation. 
Our good deeds and the things that we do for people is not what saves them. The gospel is the power of God to save, right? Who does it save? It saves those who believe. This is critical for us because many people will say that, 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 that if I will just be good enough and I will love my neighbor and live a moral life and I'll go out of my way to be good to people, that will cause them to see the light of Christ in me. And then they then, by osmosis, will want to know more about this Jesus. But that's not how it works. Yes, we are to love our neighbors. Yes, we are to, to do the best we can for people. Even our enemies, we're to be good to them and love them and pray for them. But we must also proclaim the gospel. And not only that, we must encourage them to respond to that message in faith. You must remind them that their greatest problem is not being quarantined. Their greatest problem is not losing work. Their greatest problem is not even COVID-19. Their greatest problem, just like it was for Martin Luther, just like it was for every human being in all of time, is that they are by their nature at odds with God. Because of the effects of sin, they have rebelled against a holy and righteous and just God, and His justice and His wrath awaits them. And if they are to die in their current state without Christ, they will be condemned forever. That's the bad news. That's the problem they face. But it doesn't have to be this way. That's the good news. Because God in His grace and His mercy made a way for us to be reconciled back to Him not as strangers, but as his family. And I, if you could just imagine that, we're not going to be at peace with God as ex-enemies. We're going to be his family, right? And that is what this whole week is about. Jesus came into the world to walk in your shoes and to live a perfect life that you couldn't live, to uphold the law that you couldn't uphold, securing a place for you and a perfect righteousness that you couldn't earn on your own. And Jesus then willingly by his own accord, went to the cross and endured God's awful and terrible wrath for you. And on that cross, an exchange happened. This is something important for us to remember. Your sin, when Christ is on the cross, was credited to him as it was his own. And his righteous perfection through faith in Christ is credited to your account as if it is your own. That's the righteousness that Paul's talking about here. When you are in Christ, you become righteous, not because you're good and not because of the things that you're doing, but because of what Christ has done for you. You are covered in his righteousness. When God looks upon you, he sees Christ's righteousness. And you receive that in eternal life. And you live in that by faith in faith alone that's what paul is saying here christ died on the cross to wash away your sins and he lived to give you a right standing with god and he rose from the dead proving that all of that worked and all you need to do is repent and believe the gospel you see it's not about being religious and it's not following a bunch of rules and it's not about trying to get all your good deeds to outweigh your bad deeds. It's about turning away from your sin and your self-righteousness and turning to Christ in faith and turning to him alone. And your righteousness will be secured. And your greatest problem is re re replaced by your greatest possible hope, freedom from sin and a forever relationship with God, a relationship that you were created for. 
That is the gospel that we must share with our friends and our neighbors. That is the truth that they need to hear. And if you're someone who's listening to the sound of my voice, that you have not taken that step to believe the gospel, but you feel God is calling you to faith, then please reach out to us here at the church. You can call me at 760-762-5149, or you can email me at fbcborn at gmail.com. I would love to talk with you about how you can become a child of God, how you can repent and believe the gospel. But if you are a believer, if you currently have faith in Christ, then I'm going to ask you to join me this week to make a point to share the hope of the gospel with at least three people during this Passion Week. Let us create revival in our community by sharing the gospel as Christ has called us to. That is my hope for for you, and that's the, my hope for our community. Now, um, now's the time I'd like to come with you to pray for uh, for the victims of of this virus, and for our country, and for all those that are affected. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your grace and mercy. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the hope that you have given us. We thank you, Lord God, for those who serve in the military the men and women who have decided to give of their time and their energy and to risk their lives to protect our country, that we live in a free country because of their efforts and the ones that have gone before them. We thank you, Lord God, for their continued service. We pray that you'd protect them from enemies. We pray that you protect them from this virus, that you would, you would certainly, Lord God, have our country to come together and thank them. I pray, Father, for the men in the mili- in, in the Army, the Navy, Air Force, Marines, um, and those in the Coast Guard, and those even in the unnamed units and that no one really even talks about or knows about. We're praying for their protection as well. We pray for, especially for those that come from our community, and we pray for Dylan, um, a, a young man in the military uh, whose father is in Texas. We pray, Lord God, for all of them, Lord. And we pray also, Father, for this virus to run its course and be done. We pray, Father, that those who are sick, Lord, that you'd protect their lives and that we'd get the medical attention that they need. We pray, Lord God, for those who are working on the front lines with this virus, that you'd protect them and keep them safe. We pray, Lord God, also for uh, for those who are working as essential workers, Lord, that you would protect them um, as they encounter the public. We are praying, Lord God, who are affected financially by this, Lord, whether it's through the stock market or lost work or lost jobs, Father, that you would provide for them in their needs. We're praying for our country, Lord God, to return to you. In earnest, we're begging, Lord, that our country would turn back to you in faith, Lord God, that we would reclaim the Christian foundation that this country was built on, Father, that we would turn to you in repentance and faith and you would create a revival here, an awakening here, Lord God, that would just transcend all that's been seen before and that you would use that for your glory as we all work to spread the gospel here locally and around the world. Father, we pray your protection over all the families in this community. We pray, Father, your blessing over our little town. We thank you for that. We give you the praise, honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So with that, I want you to know that you are absolutely loved. You are prayed for. You are missed. And again, just a reminder that we're going to do Easter service online through a live stream. And if, and again, we're uh, going to take communion together. And the way we were doing that is we're putting together these kits of juice and bread that we can make available to your family so that we can then virtually 
take the bread and the juice together. So hopefully this will be a good experience for, for, uh, for you and your family. Um, and we're doing the best we can in the circumstances we're in. We're certainly looking forward to the time we can gather together again. But until that time, again, I want you to know that you were loved, prayed for, and we will see you soon. Grace and peace. You've been listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead, a production of First Baptist Church in Boron, California. Our website address is fbcboron.org. And would you please consider partnering with us financially as we work to share the hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ with our community and our world.